You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 26 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to welcome on the line, it is the editor of the Western League Bulletin, it is Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, good to see a bit more bit more action get underway this weekend. Obviously, I had a, uh, a very quiet week uh, last week, last week, or last Saturday in particular, with all those postponements. So, yeah, good to see that the weather abated for a, a couple of hours at least and, and got, got a few games in. Yes, of course, we got together in the week and um, the weather was raging it, uh, mm, against us yeah. on that occasion, wasn't it? And I mean, we for the last two weeks, we've had a storm, haven't we? We've had mm-hmm. and they've even given them names, which, of course, I can't remember off the top of my head now. But frankly, how we didn't get one at the weekend, I don't know. I'm very glad that we didn't. I, I did go to devices. Um, I was one of the, the, the few that did because um, really the weather was absolutely, it, it wasn't conducive to good football watching. So for anybody out there who did go to a game at the weekend, then um, um, well done to you. And, and, and as you quite rightly say, Tom, well done to all the clubs who managed to get a fixture on. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. It's obviously tough times for, for groundsmen and as you say, as clubs as well, making decisions on and things like that with with, uh, with with pitches as they are, but yeah, good to good to get some good, good to get some football on, underway. We've got plenty to discuss on this week's um, podcast. We've got interviews with the Exmouth manager Kevin Hill and also the co-manager of Carn Town, the Division One leaders, uh, Trevor Rawlins. He, uh, he we, we talked to him as well. Just before we get into the the weekend's games, there are a couple of things that um, I'd like to share with you, the listeners. Um, many of you will have heard that Roy Holmes, the chairman of Buckland Athletic, sadly passed away on Sunday morning. Now, there's very little that I can add to the many messages of condolence that were sent. Um, to the club and to Roy's family. But I do know that Roy's passing was mourned by many in football, not just in the Western League. I can say with a great deal of certainty that and as far as the Western League is concerned, he was incredibly well respected and he was a very well-liked figure and he will be very much missed. And uh, we certainly share our thoughts at this difficult time with both Buckland Athletic and Roy's family. Now, news like this reminds us that football as a game has the power to do more than to just entertain. It is an opportunity, a wonderful opportunity to make friends and that those friendships can last a lifetime. And on that note, I'd like to introduce an interview that I did earlier today with Andy Stone. Now, for those of you who follow the Western League on social media, Andy Stone, or Stoner, as he's otherwise known, has been building an army of followers with his Footy Watch brand. More importantly, Andy is using his love of football to support the Cystic Fibrosis Comfort Fund. And I am very proud to say that a number of Western League teams have got right behind him. Now, Tom and I have both got our Footy Watch t-shirts, and I thought it was only fair to give Andy a chance to talk on the podcast and explain what Footy Watch is all about. I was, I've always had sort of involvement with football and um, recently sort of stepped back from doing management, so decided to sort of fill the gap on a Saturday by going around watching um, Western League football. I live in Severn Beach, so the closest sort of teams to me is Hallen, Cribs, um, obviously Manor Farm in the, in the Southern League, but sort of, you know, Hallen's sort of my closest side. So decided to sort of pop along there on a couple of Saturdays and watch a few games, did a few little tweets on my own sort of personal Twitter as the game was going on and then sort of enjoyed it, had a good little bit of feedback from it, so decided to set up a, a separate um, Twitter page so I wasn't bombarding my personal one with, with all sort of football-related stuff. Um, and it sort of kind of went from there then, really. Obviously, I decided to 
have a hashtag to make it sort of a little bit more uh, identifiable for right there, um, which is obviously where the footy watch come from, um, and basically build, build it all up from that, really. And what started with those teams in um, Bristol, like Hallen, um, you've, um, your, your interest in Western League football has spread across the league, isn't it? Yeah, I mean to be honest, I've made some. I've made some incredible friends in a in a short space of time. John Burr from from Shetland is a great guy. I've, um, when they've not had games, he's kind of come along to some of the games I've been watching. Obviously in disguise because he's he's looking at uh, the rival teams that they'll be playing against to sort of suss their players out. So does that um, does that mean we've got a new chant in the Western League? Are you John Burr in disguise? <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not really in disguise. He's always sat with me, and I'm covered in footy watch stuff. So if he sat by me, he's not. His disguise doesn't be uh, would be too good. But but yeah, I mean, they've inv- they invited me up there. They've got um, we had a good little bit of banter prior to me attending. They've said there's more than Alan in the Western League, and <laughs> if I'm to attend, I've got to leave my Alan pajamas at home and all the sat nav get me there, and like you know all the sort of little stuff you'd expect, sort of venturing out of Bristol up to. Uh, up to their grind, but they were great when I got there. Um, John Densley, one of the Wailing Wall guys, he purchased um, a boatload of t-shirts for their reserves, and I think they had about 25 tops off me, actually, in total them. Um, made me feel really, really welcome. Um, you know, so it's, from, where, from just going to Hallam, where I knew people anyway, also I had friends at Cribs in um, Tony Beach, and who's a manager, and, and Cranky, who's his assistant. I kind of knew all those guys anyway, but then Shepton Mallet, they, to be fair, they're probably... I wouldn't say I've got a favourite, but they're up there in one of my favourites, purely just, you know, with the relationship I built them off the back of this. I've got friends at Roman Glass as well, Liam Greening and Andy Gurney, know those both quite well. So obviously, again, Roman Glass is quite close to me, but um, I've been down to Bridgewater, they were good, had a good little had a good little crack with their ultras, as I, uh, <laughs> as I named them behind the uh, stand, they were the young lads with the drum, they, they were brilliant. Uh, it just seems sort of everywhere, someone sort of finds out who you are and what you're doing, they're sort of they, they welcome you in open arms. And like I said, Brisbaneson, um, Will for Brisbaneson's been unbelievable. I, I, like I said, I desperately, desperately need to get to them. But every time I seem to plan one in, the um, the weather unfortunately gets the better of us and and uh, prevents us from meeting. But we are we're close. We're definitely close to getting one in soon. Well, let's talk about what you've been doing because other than just the, going to games and, and and obviously tweeting about them and stuff, there's a very serious um, 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 exercise that you have been doing, and I, and it's wonderful to see that so many Western League clubs have embraced what you're doing. You are selling merchandise to support the Cystic Fibrosis Comfort Fund. How did that come about? Yeah, so basically, with with this one, obviously, it's quite um, it's quite it's quite important to me. As much as I love my football. Um, this sort of is probably more important for me is I lost a friend, um, his name was Sam, or we all called him Sid, but I lost him to cystic fibrosis when he was 21 and a really, really good friend of mine. Um, bit of an age gap between us. I was managing at Avonmouth and a, sort of a group of young lads came into play and Sid was always involved, but you know, not been able to be involved as much as a player due to his health and stuff and led a great life, um, you know, Lived it, lived, lived the dream as we like to, uh, as we like to say, lived it to the fullest. Still went on lads' holidays, still drank, still kind of did everything he could, even knowing, sort of, he knew in the back of his mind he'd have a short life. So when we lost Sid, obviously we we did a fundraising football match in his memory, and we donated all the money to the comfort fund then, um, and that was my sort of first sort of involvement with the charity. And then I always sort of felt part of to sort of keep Sid's name go in part of me would always try and do something every now and again to sort of um you know to keep money coming into the charity they do a lot of work for 
local families in Bristol with you know children that are suffering from CF. So it's, it felt like it was a good thing to do. Um, a couple of years ago, I did a, a charity cycle ride from Old Trafford in Manchester to the Memorial Stadium in Bristol, um, and I raised just I think just shy of five grand for charity doing that. So with this, with sort of, with what sort of got me on to thinking the idea with the T-shirts, my wife said to me. You know, if you're going to do these T-shirts, why don't you put something to do with CF on it? And see if it can get, you know, see if you can raise some money for the charity. So I kind of thought if I did 20 or so, manage to shift them, um, make a few quid for the, for the charity, it'd be a good cause to raise money for and also I can give that money back. But I'm probably nearing sort of 250 T-shirts now, which is absolutely mental. I didn't expect it to get anywhere near that at all. Um, and I've, I've sort of in, in double figures in hoodies, um, nearly sort of 40 bubble hats have been sold. So it's literally just generating money all the time. And obviously I'm able to uh, to pass it on to the charity. I had a good chat with Kathy, who's the, the sort of the lady I speak to, got a lot of the calls and she couldn't believe, you know, she couldn't believe how well it's taken off in a, in a short period of time, really, because I didn't start really doing this until about sort of late September, um, early October. So, you know, it has spread so far. Um, obviously, you know, I'm doing my thing by going on Twitter and writing about the games and stuff, but I wouldn't have been able to get this this sort of um, achievement from all if it wasn't for the, the clubs that have been involved. Obviously, Hallen, um, Brisbane are involved, Bradford Town, uh, Bitten. Uh, the list just, of course, sort of goes on and on and on. And, you know, with them with them getting involved and buying the T-shirts and wearing them as warm-up tops, and, you know, that's, that's sort of sharing awareness over social media people are seeing these 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 things getting in touch with me and it's sort of all blossomed from there really i've had a couple of um footballers on board as well chris lines uh obviously former bristol rovers chris lines he's he's had a t-shirt um and he's posed a couple of pictures in it i met scott murray at ashton gate and he's done some photos and posted some uh, pictures in inside the ground uh herbie kane who's a young up-and-coming local guy from pilnin who's at liverpool current at hull um, he's had a photograph of one, Bobby Reed. So, like all these sort of stars are are also getting involved. So, even though it's not grassroots, obviously from them, but it's still kind of you know promoting awareness for the charity, which is which is fantastic. It is a wonderful thing that you're doing, Andy, particularly to raise awareness and money for the Cystic Fibrosis Comfort Fund. And I hope people who are listening to this go and have a look at their website um, to understand more about what that Bristol charity does. But for people who are really keen to get behind what you're doing, I noticed that you've nearly run out of merchandise. Is there still things available that people can get off you? Yeah, I've still got um, probably down to about my last 10 T-shirts. I think I've got about five large and five mediums left, um, a couple of hats. But to be honest, I mean, I can I can sort of get these things made and turned around sort of in a space of about a week. So if, you know, if somebody else wants a T-shirt and I haven't got their size, I'm more than happy to, uh, to sort of place the order and get some extra ones made. The hats take a little bit longer, but um, again, I'm still sort of, as long as people sort of want to buy it, it the, the, you know, the more I sell, the more I raise for charity. So, And what's the best way to get hold of you? Uh, so you can contact me, obviously, via my Twitter page, which is, as you mentioned, is AS underscore footy review. And I've also got an Instagram page, which is footy watch underscore stoner. So you can obviously contact me via either, you know, either of those. Um, and then obviously we can get we can go from there into what sort of orders. If it's just a single shirt, if it's a single hat, if it's 10 shirts, if it's... Ten hats, you know, anything we can sort of, I can get rid of, I can make more money for charity, it's brilliant, really. 
Right, well, I very much look forward to welcoming you to Devizes Town when you continue your um, your tour around Western League grounds. I shall be wearing my um, my T-shirt because I've, I've got one for you and got one for Tom um, Hiscott as well, who edits the Western League Bulletin. So um, thank you for everything that, you've, uh, that you're doing to raise money for this wonderful charity. It's been lovely to hear from you and, uh, and great that you've uh, involved the Western League. No problem. Thanks for your time, yeah. Lovely, thank you. Please keep an eye out for Andy this season. He's still going to plenty of clubs and um, it's great work that he's doing and I know that everyone supports that. Right then, we will turn our attentions to matters on the pitch now and we kick off our coverage of this weekend's football. That's Saturday the 22nd of February and we start in Bridgewater Town. We do. Pretty big game for, for Helen there. They um, obviously, I'd say they're probably this season's surprise package. Uh, up towards the top of the the first uh, the Premier Division, sorry, and uh, yeah, they were found themselves two uh, 0 down with with 20 minutes left on the clock away at Bridgewater, but managed to come away with a pretty valuable point, I think. Um, yeah, having so Bridgewater started really well, uh, they had a goal disallowed inside the opening 10 minutes, but uh, managed to managed to make amends a couple of minutes later. I think halfway through the the opening half, uh, a long throw from Tom Ellis. Uh, found Jake Brown, who managed to, to fire home to, to make it 1-0 to Bridgewater. Uh, and then just a couple of moments later, it was another long throw. So, uh, yeah, that was definitely their MO for the afternoon. Uh, that made its way into the box and was headed home by uh, Owen Irish. So uh, 2-0 to Bridgewater, two long throws, and, uh, yeah, a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty strong lead for them. But Hallen managed to use that tactic themselves 20 minutes from time. As I say, they 2-0 down. Uh, in a little bit of a hole, probably staring at a, a defeat. But, uh, yeah, uh, a long throw of their own uh, found its way to Sasha Tong, and uh, he finished smartly from inside the area to set up a, uh, an entertaining last 20 minutes. And, uh, yeah, with the last kick of the game, uh, it was Aaron Robbins. Uh, he managed to poke the ball home and, as I say, gain, gain a, a pretty pretty important point for Hallen uh, and a two-all draw away at Bridgewater. Just goes to show, doesn't it, that the show's not over until the fat lady sings. Absolutely. And that's no way to talk about Ray Johnson. Anyway, we move swiftly on to Bridport. Now, the visitors were bitten, and on an occasion this season, bitten have blown a bit hot and cold, I think it would be fair to say. Well, they were in pretty awesome form on Saturday, Tom, weren't they? They were, yeah, and it was one man in particular, uh, debutant uh, Liam Bishop. Now, uh, yeah, making an instant impact for, for Bitten. He scored a hat-trick. Uh, so, yeah, taking home the match ball on, on debut, not bad. Not bad way to go, and it was Scott Bryce who managed to, to get them get them going. Bitten uh, the captain, uh, whipping home a free kick, which is which is on uh, social media if you want to check that out. Uh, in the 28th minute to, to put Bitten ahead, uh, and Bishop then struck in the uh, at the end of the first half in stoppage time to, to give Bitten a two-goal lead uh, at the interval. Uh, it was Matt Groves who then uh, played a played a blinder for Bitten during the second half. He a couple of assists for him, uh, setting up Jordan Whitaker to make it 3-0. And then laying off the ball to, to Bishop, who put the game beyond doubt, making it 4-0. Uh, yeah, and then on the hour mark, it was Bishop again, as I say, completing a hat-trick uh, and uh, taking home uh, the match ball on it on debut. So, yeah, not a bad afternoon for, for Bitten and uh, Liam Bishop in particular. Yes, I think we probably need to do a, um, a tabloid headline for Liam Bishop, but I would ask the listeners to keep it clean. Mm-hmm. Um, now, yeah. Um, now we move on to um, to Exmouth Town, a, a truly incredible uh, attendance at this game, um, and um, and they saw their side rack up another another win against Wellington. Yeah, mind blowing attendance, really. I mean, just on a as we've uh, mentioned the, the the poor weather that's been about for for 251 to be there on 
on Saturday really is a, an incredible effort. And uh, yeah, they're awarded with a with a home win, uh, 2-0 victory for, for Exmouth over Wellington. Uh, but it wasn't as easy as it, as it, as it looked potentially on paper. Uh, Wellington obviously close to the bottom and the top. Uh, and it was only a goal uh, from Ben Steer in stoppage time uh, that, that wrapped up the victory, really. Jamie Duran had earlier headed them ahead. Uh, but uh, yeah, then it was, uh, as I say, Ben Steer, stoppage time, making it 2-0. And that was how it stayed. So uh, a decent win for, for Exmouth in front of a, an absolutely sensational crowd. Well, we heard from Kevin Hill, the manager of Exmouth Town, at the beginning of the season. It was the second podcast we did this season. And, of course, um, Exmouth were getting used to life in the Tool Station Western League. Well, we're well over halfway through the season now, so I thought it was a good opportunity to get back in touch with Kevin and get his thoughts on how this season has gone so far. And we started off by reflecting on that game against Wellington and the performance of his side. Everyone in this league is... I'd say it's a great win, especially in conditions and all things like that. And obviously, Wellington have picked up recently. I know they've lost a few, but they only lost 1-0 to Partway. They drew 2-2 with Hallen. And it was one of them ones where you could easily slip up on if, you don't, if you're, not, uh, you're not taking it seriously enough. But, yeah, definitely the conditions. And that lot, I was definitely happy with it. I mean, it's not been an easy February for you, has it? I mean, you've had losses to Hallen, Bridgewater and Roman Glass. I mean, what, 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 do, you, what, do, you, what do you put that down to? I'll be honest with you, it's obviously everyone has, as I've said on the other show, is everyone has injuries and that lot. And I come from a spell where I knew I was missing three or four players for certain games. And obviously, it's, it's been coming for a little bit. We've been winning games, but we've, we've not been at ourselves for a bit. And I had a few missing uh, away at Roman Glass, yet we went 2 nil up, which did annoy me more than anything to suddenly lose three goals in like 20 minutes for us, where we're usually quite strong at the back and we lost it there and Hallen was no different than thinking we turned up yeah a few a few light but everybody can be light on the day but we just didn't perform at Hallen it's not like my teams they usually ratting they give me 110% and I'm a bit on the truth in first first time in two years I've been here with them that's mostly my worst performance in, from them so but they it's, it's true, we've had two great years, especially a great start this year as well in the Western League, so I can't really fault the lads for it, their effort. I mean, it's interesting to see that all of those defeats came away from home. Do you think that was a factor? Yeah, oh, we're not saying so much for a fact. We are strong at home, and like I say, we have been, I think we're unbeaten. The last time we lost at home, Touchwood now said it, was a year ago, Boxing Day, where we lost the last minute home goal after being on top, lost 1 0, but. Other than that, we are strong at home, so, as you said, things are, but yes, we lost away from home. It wasn't that, I don't like to pinpoint things out, and we had no, it had a youngest lad in goal for the open out, he'd done really well in a couple of games before, but like I said, I was without a keeper, and he's, he's most really stepped up five, six divisions, and coming out me out, but he, a couple of little mistakes, but it's, it's not his fault, because we're all in it as a team. And it's a big step up for him. And trying to find a keeper nowadays, this late in the season, is hard. Just for a couple of games, because I lost the keeper. So, with that spell, all three games are lost. When we spoke last time, you, you discussed the club's ambition to win promotion out of the Western League you know, in, in what, what, what was a five-year plan. Now, given the fact that you're third in the league at the moment, do you think that that puts you well ahead of schedule? It's, we are taking long nights, especially the two years since I've been here. From where, from where they were to the last year's league and then coming into this league obviously I didn't expect to be right up here I was just going to come in we, I knew I had a, a decent team and 
in the top six would have been great. Still, these greatly finished top six now, but people look at us as being in the top three, four. Yeah, sometimes you can go too fast here and go up through the leaves too quick, and it all comes mm. tumbling down. But you've got to get the structure right behind the scenes. Moving up the leaves, I've got to make sure if I suddenly did come up, when you did get promotion, can my players travel next year the further distances? All even work early, all coincides moving up. You know what I mean? So it's all a bit of make sure everything's right and everything's right balanced, the club's right behind the scenes. And a little bit like, say, Will and Dunn. I didn't get on well with Russ and that lot. And there, but they sat in the league for a couple of years, same as Parkway, they've been in two years. And when they're ready to go, you go for it. And if you are, it's because a lot further travelling, a lot more cost of travelling, a lot more cost of referees. It's all what clubs have to, like us have to take into account. So, yeah, but definitely we are building. But as long as we get it right behind the scenes, then, yeah, looks to go up. Now, I mean, there's only two teams above you because, as I've just said, you're third. Um, one of those is Plymouth Parkway and the other one is Bradford Town. Do you, I mean, do you think that they can be caught? Oh, I, I would say, yeah, because we still got to play Bradford twice. Parkway's still got to come to us at home where we're strong. So we've got to say, Tavistock's still got to play Bradford twice. I mean, so it's going to be a... It's going gonna, it's gonna to chuck some things up there. Yes, we beat Parkway home. In the league, uh, League Cup four-one. People don't like coming to us, so but saying that I I know what's coming up, and I'll be honest with you, I am missing a few players for a couple of games soon. So you can see us maybe struggling one or two games, but I'm not going to name them once because <laughs> I map will be weeks out and people missing. So I do know where I am going to be a week for a couple of games, but if I can get through them once, it'd be fine. But yeah, we'd, we'd definitely have a say. But then even if we finish third, fourth, fifth, it'd be a great season mm. for us. But yeah, Bradford Parkway. Obviously, they're up there. I haven't seen Bradford, to be honest with you, but it's just what people tell me. They're a strong, solid side. I would always say Parkway would be the favourites. They've always the ambition to go up strong. But like, I can't really comment on Bradford. Only what people say, and I haven't come across them or seen them myself yet. When you look at the chasing pack of teams around you in the in the league, you've obviously got Hallen and Tavistock. Now, of course, ha- um, Tavistock you'll know well from your days in the Peninsula League. But what other sides? Have um, that you've come across this season have impressed you? I said that, that's quite a few of them. Shepton Mallet are a decent side. Yes, we beat them at home and we beat them away in the Les Phillips Cup 2 1, but we've got them a week Tuesday. That'd be a tough one. Um, we haven't come across Clevedon. Uh, there's a few teams we've still got to play twice, but we have played quite a few of the bigger sides up the top there. And yet, we've still got to play. I think there's a fair few mid table sides. But then saying that, that's always dangerous for us. We always tend to perform better at home when we're playing the better sides, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. We're actually out there. So, Hallen could be decent on the day. Yes, we didn't turn up and off on anything, but I thought they were good when we played them at home. I thought they were an organised they're an organised side. I'm coming across to Tavistock, I know of definitely be an organised side. If they stay injury-free, they'll have a, they'll have a little say in it. A Bitten, a Bitten obviously a, a big physical side. If people start dropping points, but I can't really see Parkway and Bradford dropping for like the extent of them catching up. Obviously, catching us, it could be a different issue for them. But yeah, obviously, I still look around. I don't really look at the Parkway Bradford. I look at the teams around us. We finished third, but yeah, if we keep nicking away, we suddenly beat Parkway. We suddenly beat Bradford at home, and it just makes it all up. They still got to play each other twice, so it'd be interesting. 
Well, you're back on the road at the weekend, and this time you're um, going to Clevedon. Um, probably a good time to take them on. Are you hopeful that you can keep your good run of form going? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, a nice little stadium. It's nice going in there. It's only an hour journey up the road for us. Not if it's too far. But yeah, definitely. It's, obviously, they were up there, but they've lost a couple on the trot recently. Yes, it's a part way uh, Saturday to wherever it was, whatever. But yeah, I see they they they, they slipped down the thingy and. It might, be, it might be a time to catch on when they've had a couple of losses. And yet we've had a couple of wins and it gives us a bit of belief, especially going into Saturday, Clevedon, and then also Shepton Mallet. If we come yeah. out them two results, you know what I mean, with four or six points, I'd definitely be happy then set us up for a few home games. Well, um, that's a lovely segue into the final point I was going to make. And uh, we can't really talk about your home games, your home form, without talking about the quite phenomenal support that you enjoy at home. You, you, it really must... Um, I mean, does it? Do, do, do you and the players really feel that it's a 12th man for you? Oh, definitely. Definitely. There's a few vocal ones, a few old boys that love shouting away, giving the support. <laughs> but it, it's, it is actually nice. You know, I know it's like when you're playing... I play at the level of stuff like that. When you're on the pitch and you do look around, you do notice the crowd, and you feel one side's full, and the other side's suddenly full, like the other day, and it's good to blowy conditions, and there's of rain, and yet you still get 251 there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yes, we're good at that, and the guy that does it, Cookie, to be fair, with the club, he puts on, he thinks of all these promotion things, and he thinks of things trying to do to get people in the club, and to be fair, they've done something this weekend that was bring a kid day and it was like three pounds for an adult and a kid so basically I'm for an adult but the kid or kids are always getting free but because they come back and they really enjoy it and they want to come again Dad, they want to come next week it's a knock on effect really you look to get these people keep coming for years to come you know what I mean enjoying non-league football getting them back coming in and there was loads of families there loads of different faces there Saturday for us so it was nice and my thanks to Kevin for his time uh, one final game that we're going to review uh, in the um, in the Premier Division. This was probably the game that I should have been at uh, <laughs> on Saturday, just down the road for me in Westbury. Five goals, a five-goal thriller. Westbury United against Brislington, Tom. How did this one pan out? Well, yeah, this was probably game of the day. I mean, no goals in the first 70 minutes, so you can tell that this was a, a, a frantic finish to this one and uh, an absolutely amazing comeback from uh, Westbury. Uh, so Brislington, as I say, uh, with 70 minutes on the clock, they managed to, to go ahead. Uh, Lewis Ellington crossing into the box for Rico Best, who applied the, the finishing touches uh, to put, put the away side one goal to the good. And then just a, yeah, a couple of moments later, they caught, caught Westbury on the, uh, on the counter again. And uh, it was Best who turned provider this time, setting up uh, George Box, who made it 2-0. And uh, yeah, it looked like he probably uh, delivered the three points for Brislington. But uh, Westbury had other ideas and uh, yeah, managed to to regroup really quickly. Uh, Callum Demke, he was uh, yeah pretty important in, in the comeback. Uh, he flicked the ball home to, to make it 2-1, so got them on the on the score sheet. Uh, and then his low drive into the box deflected off a, uh, a visiting defender and, and managed to, to find its way into the back of the net. So uh, that made it 2-2, and that was four goals in the space of uh, just nine minutes to, to make it 2-2. So obviously game completely coming to life. Uh, in the closing stages and you probably knew that there would be a, a late winner and that was how that was what happened and it came for the home side uh, it was a, a Ryan Bowl corner a bit of a set piece wizard I think for, for Westbury uh, it found the head of uh, Sam Jordan and he managed to, to get, the, get get his head on it and uh, yeah send it into the net and uh, obviously delighted the home fans a 3-2 win for Westbury over Brislington 
If you're thinking, Toolstation, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a tool station near you. Now, moving into the first division, and um, one of the headline acts uh, so far this season has been Ashton and Backwell United. They took on early season favourites Cheddar. And really, uh, Ashton, well, the only thing we can say about this one, Tom, is that Ashton and Backwell's awesome form has continued. Absolutely. They are absolutely uh, rocking right now. Um, they've won nine of their last ten, the Stags, in the league uh, since the start of uh, December, I think that is. So, um, yeah, they're firmly in the title race. And uh, another win uh, on Saturday afternoon over over a Cheddar side, who, as you say, were probably pretty fancied uh, at the start of the season, but have dropped off a little bit. And, uh, yeah, they've definitely uh, played second best to Ashton and Backwell, who are one of the, one of the sides that are pushing for for that promotion spot uh, and it was a 2-0 win for Ashton unfortunately I don't have the goal scorer's names uh, but two first half goals for, for the home side uh, managed to, to lead them to a 2-0 win over the cheese man the communication with Ashton and Beck, well, certainly we, we need to um, that awesome amount of form that they're mm. going on I mean I keep on going on about Radstock on the uh, on the podcast as I'm sure regular listeners mm-hmm. um, will, will know but really Ashton mm-hmm. and Beckwell have got they've almost one might dare say they've got something of the hen grove about them and mm. uh, I don't I don't mean that in the current sense I mean that in the traditional sense if you remember a few seasons ago when you saw hen grove's great sort of form coming I mean they really are the the coming team aren't they Ashton at the moment mm. they are they really are I mean it's they were probably the team that have come from behind a little bit. It was tight at the top, and they've now added another another name to that that group of teams. That um, yeah, uh, well, I mean, it is ridiculous how tight it is, but they keep winning, and obviously they keep climbing that table. Right then, well, moving on to um, the table toppers, Carn Town. They took on Wincanton Town, and on this occasion, Tom, I think we can safely say it was Carn that were at the races. Oh, only just, yeah, um, a really late winner for. For the home side at the final furlong, you could say they managed to managed to get over, uh, but it was a, a 2-1 win uh, for Khan over over Wincanton. Uh, but it was, yeah, as I say, a stoppage time winner at Bremhill View, uh, helping them helping them to the latest three points and helping them cling on to top spot, obviously with the the chasing pack uh, closing in a little bit. But Stuart Windsor, he's their their main man, isn't he? Uh, recently, obviously reached three figures uh, in terms of goals for the club. Uh, and he was, yeah, important once again. Uh, powered his side into a one-goal lead uh, midway through the first half. Uh, but uh, Wincanton, yeah, not the easiest team to be, I wouldn't say. I think they've, uh, yeah, they certainly hold their own against some of the top sides. And uh, obviously they are in the top half themselves. So uh, a, a decent team. Uh, and they managed to grab an equaliser on the hour mark. And that was Gary Chapman, uh, who levelled things uh, to set up, yeah, a, a tense last half hour for... For the Lily Whites, obviously, are chasing victories. And, uh, yeah, they had to wait until the 92nd minute to, to, to secure that. Uh, second half substitute, Lewis McCarran, he managed to put a cross in. And it was Windsor again, obviously, Mr. Reliable, and scoring, scoring what proved to be a, a vital winner. So a 2-1 win for Carl over Wincanton. If it was a horse race, it would have gone to a photo finish and Carn <laughs> would have won by a nose. There you go. That's the sort of puntastic nonsense that you'd expect from me. Uh, but I'm very sorry to say that that's exactly how I started my interview with Khan co-manager Trevor Rawlings. Yeah, no, it was a very tight game, to be fair. Um, Wincanton are a decent side, well-organised, and um, 
if I'm honest, in the first half, they had three or four good chances, um, and we were lucky to come in when they left at half-time. But in the second half, I think, when you've got someone like Stu Windsor on your side, you're always, you always think that you're going to score, and... Um, yeah, we left it late, but we got the three points in the end. I was at Devizes on Saturday, and it was blowing a bit of a gale there. I know Carn and Devizes aren't exactly next to each other, but they are in the same county. Was the weather at all a factor in your game? Um, yeah, I think it was a bit Saturday. Um, the good thing about it, it makes you, you know, keep the ball on the deck. But, um, yeah, it was a bit. The, the goal kicks and stuff like that were causing uh, a few problems in corners. And they had to win the first half, and then sort of four corners quite early, and that causes a few problems. Um and it never stopped, to be fair. But you mastered the uh, the conditions in the end, and of course there was that dramatic late winner. I mean, did you feel that you were? Did you feel that was sort of a, a just outcome for the effort that the boys had put in on Saturday? I think it's just a, a testament to the lads that they never give up. Um, a lot of games this season, we probably picked up points that we might not have deserved because you know, like I said, they never give up. They keep going till the end. Um, Saturday was no different. I think. We were pushing for the winner. I think they were quite happy to settle for the point, even though they probably felt they deserved um, more. Yeah, they were sort of trying to catch us on the counter. Um, and in the end, it happened uh, that we caught them on the counter, um, like I said, in the 90th minute. And uh, yeah, like I said before, with Stu Windsor, uh, you always got a chance of, uh, of scoring a goal. That win obviously was important for a number of reasons, but not not least because, of course, you needed a, a, a result really to bounce back from um, the disappointing defeat against Redstock Town. Yeah, well, we had two defeats on the trot, which is the first time that's happened um, this season. Uh, normally, if we've lost a game, we've we've gone on another little run. Um, but, yeah, we lost to Almondsbury on the Tuesday and then obviously lost to Radstock on that Saturday. Um, the Radstock game was frustrating because we probably had more chances in that game than we've had in, in any game this season. You know, we had six or seven great chances. Uh, and we should have won the game comfortably, if we're honest. But... Um, like Saturday, if you don't take your chances, you don't win games. Radstock, of course, as we know, have been going very well um, this season. And in a way, their league position is somewhat false because, of course, they have so many games in hand. Now, you're ten points clear of them in the table, but they have five games in hand over you. There's a psychological battle, isn't there, between having the points on the board and having the opportunity to win them. Which of the two positions would you rather be in? Um, I think I'd rather be where we are. Um... You know, where we are at the moment, we never set out to be you know, top of the league. We've been up there the majority of the season, um, so we've always been there shot at and to be caught up, really. Um, but you know, those five games in this league, no games are easy. Um, and to win all five, you know, they do very well to do that. And so, yeah, I'd rather be in the position that we are in. And, and there's no pressure on us at the end of the day. We've talked about Radstock, but of course there are other sides as well that are going to be pushing you at the top of the uh, at the table. I mean, gi- given that we're now over halfway, which sides uh, that you've come up against so far have impressed you? Well, the team that we got uh, Saturday, uh, Longwell, um, I mean, we went down there and we got battered, to be fair. Um, whether for our keeper, that we would have lost that game, but we, we come away with a point. So um, that was early on in the season. Um, Wells are always a good side, you know, we're lucky enough this season to have beat them twice, um, took six points off them, so um, but they are, they're a decent side, and Ashton and Backwell, um, they've done the double over us, scoring uh, last-minute goals in both games to beat us by God goal, so um, yeah, there's, there's decent sides in there, I think even near the bottom, you know, you can go down to 12th, 13th, 14th, um, they're all teams that can beat anyone on their day, and that's what I think 
there's a lot of um, things to come before the end of the season, definitely. You've been at the top of the First Division um, for, for quite a lot of this campaign so far, which is a fact that your uh, managerial colleague Ben Redford likes to remind me of um, on a Saturday afternoon after you've won another game. Um, so, realistically speaking now, has that changed your expectations? Is this now a title push? We try not to mention it. Um, like I said, our accent at the start of the season wasn't you know, to win the league. We were looking for a top 10 finish. It's a new side. I think our, sas- our side on Saturday was the average age of 21, which isn't an old side. No, we're still a youngish side. There's a lot of inexperience in there still. No one in our team has ever won the league or been in this position. So we are just taking it. I know it's a cliche, but we are taking it a game at a time. And, you know, we're just doing what we can do, really. When I listened to your podcast before and mentioned teams that are they would win it we never get mentioned so um, that suits us to the ground you know, we must be doing something right to be where we are all season With four teams being promoted from the first division this season whether you win the league or not you're certainly in a very strong position to, to be finishing in that top four is that something that you'd considered? Um, obviously now yeah this, you know, we said where we are at Christmas let's have a look at it at Christmas and, and go from there and now you know, we're in third I think it's 13 games to go so being where we are yeah We'd lie if we're not saying, yeah, we've got to be looking at trying to finish in the top four. Um, but I said, back to seventh, I think. I said, we're sure we're on a fifth. You know, there's only three points behind us. they got a game in hand. So we're still going to have to do very well to, to finish in the top four. Um, but like I said before, we've just got to keep going and just doing what we're doing and concentrating around ourselves and, and not worry about anybody else, really. And geographically speaking, have you considered where, that, where, where promotion for, um, from the first division might put you? Yeah, well, we've seen... Uh, the latest proposal, um, which puts us in the Hellenic Prem, you know, where we are, that's always going to come up. We're always going to be the first team, as we mentioned, um, of going that way. Uh, we'll just have to see what happens when that happens. Um, the league that's proposed looks a very decent league, to be fair. And, and with the proposed league of the Western Prem, with all the sort of Cornwall sides coming in, um, I think it'd be less travelling in Hellenic. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to wait and see what happens. We've got to finish in the promotion places anyway first, but to even think about that. So um, once that's sort of done and settled, then we can uh, yeah, look at that. Um, let's get back to matters of um, on the pitch rather than off the pitch. And when I've spoken to other managers on this season's podcast, they're very quick to highlight the um, the very potent strike force that you that you've assembled at, at Carn. Now you mentioned Stuart Windsor earlier in the interview, but do you think that that goal scoring form has been critical to your success this season? Oh yeah, the fact yeah, I think it was his seventeenth goal on like, over the weekend. Obviously, we brought Jamal in as well from Corsham, and I think he's got 11. So, both of their goals have, have, have carried massively. But, um, yeah, Stu, we, we rely on Stu quite a lot. You know, a player like that, that, that scores goals, you're going to rely on him. we just got to try and um, make sure we get goals from other areas, which we've done recently. We've started scoring a few goals from sort of midfield and stuff, which is something that we've tried to sort of do all season, really. But when you've got sort of like, you know, Stu scoring goals like he does, it's, it's definitely an important part to us. With a name like Windsor, he, he's really setting himself up to be Western League royalty, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, I think it was well, just recently, it was his 100th goal in 200 appearances uh, for Calm, so it shows you know, that he's, um, he's a lo- you know, local lad, um, Calm through and through, so he's had offers to play you know, elsewhere. And um, I, Funnily enough, I tried to sign him when I was at Corsham quite a few years ago, um, and at the time, he went training with Chippenham Town, and I think they were disappointed that he didn't take that up, and he, he sort of decided to go to Carlton Town. 
their loss is certainly your gain. I mean, we, you've, you've mentioned that it's Longwell Green next up. Um, it's at home for you, um, which is obviously important, but that's still going to be a massive test, isn't it, this Saturday? Yeah, no, definitely. Like I said before, they um, they bashed us down there. Um, and luckily, just at that point. But um, that's a different side there, and we've got a different side to, to what that was. I think we've got a stronger side now. Um, there's more competition for places. And the good thing about this season, to probably count on the last few seasons, is that the squad is virtually the same most weeks. There's, there's one or two in or out. Um, but we managed to sort of get a squad, you know, consistent squads, where um, other years they've had players in and out every week and it's disrupted everything. Um, and I think that's very important if you want to do things in this league is to try and keep the same sort of 11, 16 most weeks and, you know, um, and do it that way. That game should also be an absolute um, humdinger for the fans as well. And I mean, it's so important, isn't it, that um, um, towns like Khan um, get behind their Western League sides, especially when they're doing so well. Yeah, our t- attendance has definitely gone up this year. Um, I remember a few years ago, I used to go over and it's like 30, 40 people there. Um, we've had sort of near the hundreds or hundreds this year. So obviously, some it's, some it's happening right on the pitch. We've had a new management change as well. So they've brought some lads in and and that sort of boosts everything as well. More local lads have come back. Um, so, yeah, so both sides at the moment are, you know, are enjoying their football and I think people are coming to watch it and enjoying it as well. And my thanks to Trevor for his time. Uh, now, moving on in the first division uh, to Longwell Green Sports. Of course, they've been another one of the uh, the form sides in the first half of the season. They were taking on a Bishop Sutton side that really are struggling in the first division and that's very much how it continued on Saturday, Tom. Yeah, this one definitely going with the uh, with the form form guard, isn't it? Uh, form book, uh, a four 0 win for Longwell Green. That sounds pretty 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 conclusive. Two goals in either half. Uh, it was uh, Aiden Sam Felice and Luke Bryan making it two 0 uh, at half time, and then there was further goals after the break from Sam Crum and then uh, debutant Paul Uppington, I believe, has joined from Ashton and Backwell. Maybe I could be wrong there, but um, yeah, well, made a good start for for Longwell Green. A four 0 win for them over Bishop Sutton. And finally, in our first division roundup, we turn to another one of the form sides, Wells City. Well, they were proving that if you're going to be successful in a season, sometimes you've got to win ugly. And mm-hmm. this one was a tight affair against Lebec. Absolutely, yeah. They, well, not fortunate to win it, but uh, yeah, they definitely were, were pushed all the way by Lebec. Uh, but they made a good start. They went ahead in just the eighth minute. Uh, and that was uh, for Harry Foster, who's obviously... Uh, leading the way in the first division uh, for goals this season. That was his 24th league goal of the campaign. Uh, he put them ahead uh, in the eighth minute. Uh, but it was Harvey Wilkinson, who was very much the star of the show for, for Wales. He managed to, to keep a clean sheet, and that included a 37th-minute uh, penalty save uh, to keep Lebecca um, uh, goalless. And then, yeah, a couple more uh, excellent stops from all reports in the, in the closing stages as well. Uh, as I say, keeping a clean sheet and, uh, yeah, proved vital. A 1-0 win uh, for, for promotion-chasing Wales. So that concludes our look back at the fixtures at the weekend. Uh, now we are going to take a look ahead at the fixtures that are up and coming. We've got plenty of FA Vars action to talk about, but we are going to uncharacteristically start mm. on Tuesday, the 25th of February. And there's a very good reason for this, because the irresistible force meets the immovable object. Some people might have listened to this. Well, I've, most people will probably will have listened to this by the time this game's played. Fingers crossed that it goes ahead. Obviously, uh, uh, with, with, with some pretty pretty grim weather on the way, apparently, but we'll forget about that. And uh, yeah, Belifo Park's the venue, and it's uh, Plymouth Parkway, uh, currently currently top of the table on goal difference from Bradford Town, and that's who they uh, they entertain on Tuesday evening. 
Uh, identical records, 22 games played, 19 wins, one draw, two defeats, uh, 58 points each. It's just, as I say, Parkway's superior goal difference at this moment in time, 59 to 49, uh, which sees them top of the table. Uh, but with only 16 games left each, uh, obviously this is, uh, yeah, it could be a, a vital night in the in the title race. And uh, yeah, all eyes will be on uh, on Valifo Park on Tuesday evening. All eyes will be on the FA Vars on Saturday. We do have plenty of other fixtures to discuss, but um, in fairness, we've got to the quarterfinal stage in that competition and we have two teams uh, left. Um, sadly, both are away from home, but let's hope that, um, that they can pull off the... Uh, improbable, not the impossible, but it won't oh. be an easy term. It won't be an easy time for either side. Tom, do you want to take us through those quarter-final matches? Yeah, of course. So we've got the uh, the two sides, as you say. Uh, huge week for Plymouth Park. We obviously the big uh, big league game on Tuesday, and then another uh, another colossal uh, fixture for them on Saturday away at Hebden Town. Uh, that's obviously a three o'clock kickoff. Uh, two wins away from Wembley, so uh, all the very best to, to Parkway. Uh, and then the other side, Bitten, obviously warmed up uh, with a good 5-0 victory on the weekend. Got a home game on Tuesday night against Clevedon, so a good good, good tune-up potentially for Bitten as well. But they travel on Saturday to take on Wroxham. So, uh, as, as you say, two two away ties for, for our teams, but uh, two wins from Wembley. And, uh, yeah, well, I was about to say plenty to play for, but there's more than more than that, plenty, plenty plus more. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to seeing how our sides go on, on Saturday afternoon in the bars. And we, we mentioned this on the podcast the last time we talked about the Vars, but, you know, given the geography of these two sides, um, obviously they're not going to be able to benefit from a home gate. But really, um, you know, we want everybody, certainly in the Bristol area, to get being, to getting behind Britain. And all the Devon clubs, I'm sure, and fans will be wishing Plymouth Parkway the very best uh, as they make ma- that mammoth trip up to um, to Hebben Town. We keep everything across for them and really hope that they can pull off. I mean, it really would be a fantastic result for both sides. Historic, um, you know, in every sense of the word. So we keep everything across for them. Now we move on to uh, the Premier Division and uh, Tom and I will now make our picks um, of the games of the weekend. And um, um, what, what are you going for in the in the Premier Division, Tom? I've got to get greedy, didn't I, this week and, and chose, <laughs> chose before you. But I've gone for two. Uh, in either division, I've gone for a game uh, towards the top of the table. Uh, so Hallen versus Bradford uh, in the Premier. So obviously a huge week for Bradford. Uh, we mentioned the uh, the Tuesday night fixture uh, away at Parkway, and then they've got another another tough trip on on Saturday at Hallen, uh, fourth place. And obviously, as they just showed against Bridgewater, uh, never know when they're beaten. So that'll be a, an incredibly tough game for for Bradford. Um, I've gone for Buckland Athletic against Shepton Mallet. Um, it's obviously going to be a very difficult week for Buckland, as um, uh, for the reasons that we discussed at the beginning of this week's podcast. But, I mean, they are a very difficult side to beat under any circumstances. I'm sure they're going to be going all out for a victory on Saturday. And in Shepton Mallet, they find themselves coming up against opposition that are in incredibly good form. We know how good Shepton are, so I think that that would be a thoroughly entertaining Western League tie uh, on Saturday. And uh, now we move uh, on to the onto the first division and uh, what game have you gone for in the first division Tom I've gone for Carn versus Longwell Green uh, as things stand so we yeah obviously speaking at the the start of the week it's that's first for uh, that might change due to due to some fixtures on Tuesday night but uh, yeah Carn hosting Longwell Green two of the top four uh, facing off uh, yeah can't wait to see how this one play I, honestly I'm so excited by this <laughs> first division uh, the top the top 
few positions and uh, yeah obviously this is one of the clashes between those sides so it'll be a, a, a big game and looking forward to seeing how it plays out I mean, you certainly are right to call that out. It really is a top game. If there's another to run it close, I would say that it's Corsham Town against Ashton and Backwell. Now, of course, we'd be talking about Ashton and Backwell earlier on the podcast. We know how well they're going. To go to Corsham and get a result, I think, would be another real um, statement of intent. I know Corsham, quite, they're not quite the team that we thought they might be at the beginning of this season, but they're still not bad. And I still think that, you know, they're in with a shout of, of pushing sides um, in that top four uh, running so um, Corsham Town against Ashton and Backwell is where is where my money's going or it would be if I was going to a game now uh, we did the league tables on the last podcast Tom so we're going to go for the hot shots can you tell us about the leading goal scorers in the Western League absolutely so Premier Division uh, league goals uh, Adam Carter still still quite away in front he's got 28 for, for Plymouth Parkway Jordan Harris of uh, Exmouth uh, he's on 22 and then we've also got uh, Jack Fillingham of, of Shepton on 20 as well. So they're, they're, those three are going great guns. Uh, and then in the first division, as I just mentioned, Harry Foster leading the way for, for Wales. He's got 24. Uh, and then a couple of chaps on 19. So you've got Stuart Windsor of Carlton, obviously, uh, just smashed through the, the century mark for, for his club. Uh, and then James Rustle as well of Radstock. Uh, he's also on 19. So, uh, yes, hotting up in the in the first division. Uh, and then overall, so in all competitions, including the Cups, you've got Jack Craig still leading the way from Tavistock 35. Uh, but he's being chased hard by the likes of Foster, uh, Carter, Fillingham and Harris, who we just mentioned. All of those, uh, at least within 10 goals, they've got 25 uh, plus goals each. So, uh, yeah, looking good in the, uh, in the, in the hot shots. Excellent. Of course, as always, we've been reviewing your excellent bulletin, Tom, uh, where all the listeners can find all this information and more. Indeed, there is news from the Western League about the Football Association's proposed restructuring of the two divisions and how that will relate to clubs and potentially promotion. And also there is the uh, the, the fixtures for the, uh, for the semi-finals of the, um, uh, of the Les Phillips Cup, which are going to um, be played uh, much later in this season where we will talk about them of course on the podcast but um, for those listeners who don't know uh, where to find your podcast Tom can you can you enlighten them of course uh, so that is on the uh, Toolstation League uh, website there is a tab along the top uh, which takes you to the most recent uh, publication where you can download that as a, a word and pdf format excellent stuff Tom thank you very much for your time as always and all the hard sure. work that you put into the uh, to the bulletin and we're going to have loads to talk about next week let's just keep everything crossed one that the weather doesn't beat us but mm. two that our sides and um, Plymouth Parkway and Bitten do well in the uh, in the quarterfinals of the Vars so from Tom and myself you have been listening to the Tool Station Western League Podcast